And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. On today's show, I have guests today. I have Rajiv and I have Tamara on the show, and I'll tell you what, you are going to learn a lot from the two of these folks. I can't even I can't even talk to them. I'm so excited about having them on the show. Now, I had Rajiv on the show about a year ago, and we, we got caught up on where they were at as far as their real estate investing. And at that time period, they were contemplating going into multifamily as lead investors. And they, they actually pulled the trigger on that. They did it. So let me just give you some background on who they are. They're both technology professionals. They're both people that have corporate backgrounds. They're both people that were trying to find a different way to achieve retirement in life because they realized that what they were doing, well, it wasn't working. It wasn't working. They got to a point in their life and they did it. They did a sanity check and they went, you know what? We're not anywhere closer to retirement than we were when we started this journey. We got to fix something, but they didn't quite know how to do it. So they started searching around for ways to figure this out. And they stumbled across Lifestyles Unlimited. Now, Lifestyles Unlimited is a real estate investor education and mentoring company. That's all they do. And they do it extremely well. I happen to be a member of the organization as they are. And one of the reasons all of us joined Lifestyles Unlimited was because we were looking for a tactical approach to how to get real estate investing done. Now, when, when you when you listen to all the gurus that are out there, they, they all make great points. They all tell you certain pieces of information that, that strike a hold in your mind, and they make you question the trajectory of your lifestyle. And you start thinking, well, maybe I ought to change things. Maybe I ought to do something a little bit differently. But the problem with most of those other organizations is they don't give you a tactical approach to how to do this. Lifestyles Unlimited well, we offer that tactical approach. As a matter of fact, the whole organization is designed with the member in mind. Notice I use the term member because everybody who joins Lifestyles Unlimited is a member of the organization, and the organization is designed to help its members. So let me just take a step back and let you know one of the reasons why Rajiv and Tamara joined Lifestyles Unlimited. They, they were tired of listening to their financial advisors controlling their money and telling them how to invest without any real understanding of what they were investing in. Does that sound familiar to you? I mean, do you go to your financial planner? Do you sit down with them and do you have a conversation about what the future is going to hold? And, and they, they talk to you about certain aspects. They talk to you about rates of return. And usually those rates of return are pretty low, but they make them sound like they're really great. Like they say things like you could get a seven to nine percent balanced rate of return. You go, wow, that's really good until you start living that seven to nine percent rate of return and you start to realize that it ain't going to get it done. You need a whole lot of years in order to get a 7 to 9% rate of return to get you retired in your lifetime. And that's even taking to a, into account the compounding of interest, the compounding effect of interest. It's going to take you a long time. Well, they got to that point and they said, you know what? 
it's not working. It's not working for us. So they found Lifestyles Unlimited. They became members and they haven't looked back. So let me do this. Let me bring Rajiv and Tamara onto the show because I want you to hear their story. I want you to hear from their own lips why they became members of Lifestyles Unlimited. So with no further ado, Rajiv and Tamara, welcome back to the show. It's so good to have you guys here. There's a lot we have to get caught up on, but before we do, let's get to know you guys again. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you were doing for retirement before Lifestyles Unlimited. Al, thanks for having us on. Um, What we were doing before Lifestyles is really the traditional thing that I think most people do. We had a 401k, try to put money into that 401k every year and hopefully have that grow large enough. And then with the other cash that we had, we would invest that in the stock market through our financial planner. So really pretty simple, but those were the two things that we did. Yeah, we had a lot of uh, stock options too that we received through our employer that we, uh, you know, would invest in stock. So um, yeah, that's it. So you guys were basically doing what the employer said to do when it came to retirement. Become a member of the organization, uh, buy into their 401k plan. They would throw you some stock options, and it really made you feel like you were you were really getting ahead, didn't it? You know, it really did. I remember one year, uh, this was a little while ago, but one year we were at a company that was doing extremely well. Um, we had a ton of stock options at that time. Stock went from something like uh, $30 or $20 all the way up to 70 and on paper, Al, we had a ton of money. And, um, you know, based on based on our investment strategy, the company didn't do so well um, during one of the crashes. And we saw that $70 go down to $20 and all of our stock options become worthless. What did that feel like? It felt awful. You know, it felt great while I was at 70. We, we were living thinking that we would never have any financial problems into the future. And once it went down to 20, it was awful. And, and that's when we started thinking, boy, you know, how do we how do we ever get to a point to where we can retire? You know, I'm, I'm just sitting here reeling from the fact that you went from 30 to 70 back to 20 and that that emotional roller coaster that you guys were on. Tamara, what was that emotional roller coaster like? It uh, wasn't good, that's for sure. You know, and I think getting caught up in the corporate environment, um, we all believed it would go back up. You know, we were pretty naive at the time. We were obviously younger. We were in high tech, and the feeling that was built up in the corporation is, hey, it'll go back up eventually. It never did, but that was kind of the feeling at the time. So, Tamara, you you have a similar background, except you were more tax-oriented. Am I correct in saying that? I also worked in the high-tech industry for over 10 years, but I was more like an individual contributor um, and did a lot of uh, uh, tech support, customer service, um, worked with internal customers along with uh, vendors. And then um, I also uh, did personal taxes um, for about six years. So, um, and enjoyed, you know, enjoyed my jobs, Um, but definitely the hours took a toll. Um, I was ready for a change. Makes sense. It makes sense to me. So what, what caused you guys to realize that what you were doing for retirement wasn't working? I mean, was there something, some event that happened or did you guys just have a, a family meeting and decide, okay, we're, we're changing the trajectory of our lives? 
it was kind of gradual with us. We invested our money, as, as we mentioned earlier in the stock market, through financial planners. And every year we would review um, where we have been over the past year. And so we'd, you know, we'd make incremental progress every year, but it wasn't to the point to where we felt like we would really be able to retire early or have enough time to do what we wanted to do. We just wasn't, we weren't getting there fast enough. And so that was a period over a few years where every year we would talk more and more about um, we had to do something different. We didn't know what it was at the time, but we would talk about having to do something different. How did you find Lifestyles Unlimited? Um, it was on the radio. Um, I listened to Dell um, for a few months and then decided, I think it was like at the first of the year, um, you know, we got our financial statement uh, regarding our investments and, and I just wasn't happy with the results and um, not able to really fully control uh, you know, how well we were doing. And so uh, I went to one of the workshops at uh, for Lifestyles. And then uh, that week I went to a two-day seminar with David Fisher. Uh, Rajiv was traveling at the time, um, you know, and I bought, in, bought into it from, you know, the first day. Um, I, I could see how it it could work. And so... Uh, we met, Rajiv and I both went to the next two-day seminar about a month later, and we joined at that time. So, Rajiv, did did you think Tamara had lost her mind when she started attending all these Lifestyles Unlimited events and started talking to you about a different path? Oh, 100%, yeah. You know, she came back from that two-day, and she was pretty excited about it and wanted me to attend, and um, I wanted to go only to support her, but I told her, hey, this is probably a scam and, you know, they're trying to con us out of money and it's not something that I, I think is going to work. And boy, I, I attended that two day with her and we went through all the details over um, eight hours, Saturday, eight hours, Sunday. And by the time we got done, um, I was completely bought in and we signed up as members that day. So, Tamara, what was it like watching Rajiv go through the, the Financial Freedom Seminar? I'm, I'm guessing when he, when he first got there, he probably had his arms crossed and his legs crossed, and he was probably tapping his foot, wondering how quick he could get to the break. I mean, am I describing his behavior anywhere close? A little bit. Um, but he, he definitely likes to um, analyze uh, you know, information and you know, any data that's thrown his way and um, I could see that, you know, through his eyes, it was all clicking and, you know, made sense to him right away. So um, it was exciting. It was an exciting time for both of us. Rajiv, what, what was the, the information that you received that, that finally put you at ease and made you understand that what you were about ready to do was not a scam? Well, you know, there was a lot of things through the, the two days that were just really new ways of thinking for me. The first one was that we could buy, buy apartments ourselves. I never had even entertained the idea that somebody like Tamara and I could go out there and buy an apartment complex. That was just a completely foreign thought that never entered my brain. So starting with that and then going through all the math of how the the income and the expenses work and getting into a lot of the nitty gritty details to understand exactly how that works. That was a really big part of it. And then 
understanding how you generate wealth over time in terms of refinancing and using that money again for a future deal, that type of concept also was pretty mind-boggling for me at the time. Where did you guys get the money to invest with? Uh, We had built up our our money in two areas. One is our 401k, and um, the second was in our uh, stock investments. So um, both of those were pockets of money, as well as the third pocket of money, which was the equity in our home. We had three different sources of, of funds to use. You know, there, there are people listening to you right now that are screaming at the radio, Rajiv, don't do that. What are you, nuts? Don't, don't touch the equity in your home. Do, don't touch that sacred 401k. The stock options, those are sacred. What did you do with all that stuff? Um, I, I agree with what you just said. We had even our family thought we were nuts. Um, but the priority we had is we first took the money out of the, the stock market and used that to invest. And then we refinanced our home and took a bunch of money out. Uh, for equity and use that to invest. And then uh, pretty quickly afterwards, we took that big step of um, taking all of our money out of the 401k, which was a huge step and something we never thought we would ever do. And some of you are thinking this is going to turn out bad. When we come back from the break, we'll find out what happened. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Start your real estate immersion with a free workshop live online at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Remember this. Sellers, motivated sellers are found, but deals are made. A reminder from Del Wamsley, CEO of Lifestyles Unlimited. Learn how to find those motivated sellers and get the deals done. Join our free online workshop and learn how to retire in five years or less at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon. I'm joined by Rajiv and Tamara. And together, we're working on your financial freedom. And as we went to break, Rajiv, man, he he hit you with a bombshell of information. He said that after they became members of Lifestyles Unlimited, they had to figure out where to get the money to invest into real estate with. So what did they do? They looked to the places where they had money, places like their home, where they had a lot of equity, places like their 401k, where they had been stuffing a lot of money, places like stock options, which their employer gave to them as, as employment incentives, so to speak. So you guys went to the Holy Grail and you tapped into all those sources of money. Now, were you, were you, were you nervous? Were you scared? Or were you like 100% convinced that what you were doing was absolutely correct and you didn't have a problem with tapping into those sources of funds? So a little bit of both. Uh, we weren't, certainly we weren't 100% convinced because, you know, to convince us 100%, we need to see the return now. Um, so we, we were a little bit nervous. Um, however, we were 100% convinced that it's the right thing to do. Uh, and when we joined in, I believe it was September of 2017, within three months, we had um, taken the equity of our house out. We had uh, sold off a lot of the stock that we have and used that for our initial investments. We did that really quickly. And within the first year, we had gotten rid of our 401k. So we, we jumped off the cliff and, and acted really fast. But I don't think we were 100% convinced until we started to see some of those returns happen. 
Okay, so a little bit nervous, but still on board with the plan. How much money did you liquidate? Do you remember anywhere in the neighborhood of how much you were able to liquidate to get going with investing? Um, initially, it was a few hundred thousand is what we uh, pulled out of our house and sold off in terms of uh, stocks that we owned. Okay, so so the initial seed capital was a, a couple hundred thousand dollars. Fair, fair to say? Yes. Where, where are you guys at today? Now, I'm, I'm just looking, I'm not looking for your, your financial uh, documents to, to tell me exactly what your net worth is, but where are you guys today? What, what did you build that couple hundred thousand dollars into today as far as net worth? Uh, so I think the best way to think about it, Al, is, is during that first year, we invested in about, um, I don't recall the exact number, but I want to say it was about seven or eight deals passively. And um, within those deals, we were able to more than double our money over a three to four year period. Wow. So a doubling effect in three to four years. So, so a couple hundred thousand dollars becomes twice as much, a couple hundred thousand dollars. And what I'm getting at is you're starting to approach that million dollar mark, are you not? Yes. And, and you've, you've hit that target and you've moved on, correct? Correct. Okay. So... What you're doing now is much more effective than what you used to do when you were listening to your financial planner. Is that a fair statement? Oh, absolutely. You know, we were doing okay, I would say, with our financial planner. But once you factored in the taxes that you would pay every year, it just it just wasn't growing nearly fast uh, as fast as the money has grown that we've invested through Lifestyles. All right, let me let me take you back to 2017 when you guys became members and and you you joined the organization, you went through the financial freedom seminar and you got educated and you realized that there was a different path to go by. In 2017, when you started investing, what exactly did you decide to invest in first? Did you go to the single family space? Did you decide to be lead investors and buy apartment communities that other lifestyles and limited members could buy into? Or did you take the passive route and invest with other members? We started with apartments uh, because we had enough funds to where that made sense. And um, our initial investments were with other lead investors that we had met through networking meetings at Lifestyles. So we started with passive investments first. So, so passive was the route that you chose. Now, why, why did you guys take the passive route as your initial path? Um, I think we wanted to really learn the process and how these investments worked. And we wanted to really see how other leads handle these projects. And so after taking the uh, training that Lifestyles offers, we felt like for us that was the best way to get started. And, and I'll also mention is it was very little effort on our part. So we really didn't have to worry about doing any work, to be honest. It was just a matter of selecting the leads who we felt most comfortable with. Yeah, because I was going to say, we, we already established you guys were working some pretty intense jobs, working 60 to 70 hours a week. I mean, taking on an extra 40-hour-a-week job wouldn't, wouldn't make a lot of sense, would it? No, it wouldn't. And and we really, when we first joined, we really didn't have any aspirations to be a lead. We thought we were going to start passively. We figured maybe down the line in 10 years we would think about it, but it really wasn't something we were focused on. So, Rajiv and Tamara, tell me about that very first property that you invested in as lead investors. Why that particular asset? That first property we had was a total of 37 units. It was located in 
northern uh, north part of San Antonio. And the reason we ultimately chose to move forward with that property is because the numbers worked. We went through the financials with a lot of detail, got a lot of help from our mentors at the time. And as we analyzed the numbers and looked at the income and the expenses and what it would uh, be like if we were to run it, we just felt like that was a good property where we could make a, a good, not only a good return for our investors, but we had enough money to improve the property so that the residents that lived there would have a much better experience. And I think that that ethical part that you just spoke about was a really big component for us because we really, our, our approach is to do good for everyone. Yeah, I, I think that's huge because as soon as you said that your focus was on your residents, that, that set you apart from a big part of the people that are actually in the marketplace. Because unfortunately, in our industry, there are people that buy residential assets that are not focused on the needs of the resident. They're only focused on themselves. And I think that's problematic, don't you? I, I think it is. And, and that's really one of the big things that attracted us to lifestyles. Sure, we want to do good for ourselves. I think that's kind of a given. But the fact that we could do that and still do good for the residents, do good for our investors, boy, that really made this compelling for us. So how how much good did you do for your investors? What what type of return were you able to provide them? Now, you, you did sell the property three years later, correct? We did. Yeah, we sold it almost to the day three years later, and we made a, a total return of 115% across those three years. Okay, so let me explain that to the audience. And, and correct me if I get this wrong, but if, if, if I had invested $100,000 in, into that asset, now I did not, but I should have, had I invested $100,000 into that asset, three years later, not only did I get my $100,000 back, but I received $115,000 in returns? That's correct, and those returns would have come throughout those three-year period in, in terms of cash flow, and then um, a lump sum at the end once the property was sold. Now, you realize that you're describing to me a 38% return on investment per annum. If, if you would have told me that, Al, before we joined, it, it would have been shocking. I know. It's crazy, huh? Because, I mean, what, what did your financial planner tell you was a good return on investment? Uh, we would generally be told high single digits is, what he was aiming for, and that was before taxes. So once you pay your taxes, you're talking, you know, middle, single-digit type of returns per year. Yeah, so it's a, it's a difference between mediocrity and the word that doesn't mean mediocrity, right? Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. So, so you bought a second asset. Tell me about that asset. Uh, that was one that was located in a really small city in between San Antonio and Austin, um, it was only 30 units, so it was actually a little bit smaller. But um, it turned out, again, to be an asset where we felt like the numbers worked. And really, the same thing as our, our first property, it was one where we felt like we could improve the property, make it better for the residents that lived there. And we felt like we could also provide for a really good financial return for the investors that would invest their money in that property, as well as ourselves personally. Now, you went to what we would consider a tertiary market. In other words, a market that's a little bit farther away from a primary market. Doesn't that scare you? Didn't it bother you to go into an area where there aren't as many people to possibly rent from you? We were very nervous at the beginning. Um, we had an opportunity with this particular property to manage it. We actually were brought in 
to manage it as a third-party property management company before we purchased it. Uh, that really helped to increase our confidence that this is something we could do and be successful with. The uh, prior ownership group decided to sell it at, at one point, and we were able to step in with a competitive offer and, and take it over. And how's, how's that asset doing for you and your investors right now? Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, we've been able to go in, uh, make a bunch of changes on the inside to uh, make it better for the residents. We've added things like a dog park, a pavilion, a new laundry room. We've redone the office. So we've really put a lot of effort into making the property better. Um, and we've been able to start cash flowing back to investors uh, upon takeover. Wow. So there was really no no delay. You were able to start producing checks immediately. That's correct. And that's music to a lot of investors' ears, especially when you consider what the stock market has gone through over the last two years, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then you couple that in with just what's happening in the market in general, with the softness in the market, with, like you said, that being in a tertiary environment. Um, those were all headwinds that uh, so far, you know, haven't, uh, you know, haven't made it more difficult for us. Now, talk to me about that third asset you bought. I know you when when I had you on the radio a year ago, you were in the process of buying this, so we weren't able to talk about it. But now that you own it, tell me about it. What what did you buy? So that's a, a really fun one. A total of sixty nine units. That's outside of San Antonio, and it was a, a little bit different than. Uh, normally what you might think because it was a brand new property. So they just finished building that over the summer. We were able to to get that in the fall, and uh, we've been working on that for the last few months. What What's the what's the difference between taking over a property like that and, and a traditional property like you've done before? The, the biggest one is we're uh, going through what's called a lease-up, and that's where if you think about these properties that are just – just opening up, obviously you have to fill them with residents. And that process of filling them with residents and that process of putting a resident in a unit that's never been lived in, there are going to be items that you have to go fix. Much like when you buy, if you've ever bought a new house, you'll move into the house and you'll find a bunch of little things that need to be fixed. The same experience holds true for the apartment complex. And so we're kind of learning now as you go through that for the first time, that's a little bit different than, let's say, our first property that we took over, which was from 1965, which has a much different set of, of maintenance issues. Would you not buy any of the properties that you've currently bought based on what you know now? No. I think for, for Tamara and I, with how we came in with really zero experience in real estate, we really uh, appreciate that first property that we bought because that really allowed us to learn and understand some of the scary or things that we thought would be scary on maintenance. I'll give you an example. We one time had a underground plumbing leak underneath the foundation of a building. And when we first had that, that was kind of a scary problem to have. Working through that, we got a lot of help from our mentors and consultants at Lifestyles and even our vendors that we would work with. And we learned that, hey, that doesn't really have to be something that's scary. So we had a lot of examples like that that we learned on our first property. So now as we, we manage our, our newer properties um, that we've just acquired, there's really nothing scary that we, we run against. Well, there you have it. We're at the end of the show. Guys, I want to thank you for being on today. I know everybody learned from you. And if you want to get started, go to lifestylesunlimited.com and let's get you started. 
Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.